Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night united. We're excited about what God is doing, uh, what God is saying to us, and uh, the direction that He has us going. Sunday night we ministered on uh, where are we going, and the answer to that was same place we've always been going. We're going to continue to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. I'm so excited and so encouraged uh, after uh, hearing what the Lord said through uh, our pastor, uh, Pastor Caldwell, on Sunday evening. Uh, We're headed in the right direction. God is doing uh, some wonderful things uh, for us and in our midst. Amen. And... uh, we want to go over to 1 Timothy 4.1. We want to continue with this series that we started uh, a couple of Wednesdays ago. What has your attention? What has your attention? Uh, you know, just in, in the beginning of this, the Lord said to me some time ago, and I even shared it in a couple of services. Uh, I don't know that, that maybe you'll remember or not. But He said to me that the goal of the enemy in this whole situation that's hit the earth is to immobilize the church. And in every area, when the church mobilizes, in every scenario that you can think of, when the church mobilizes, a move of God follows that. And the enemy's goal is to get people to be immobile, to get the church to be immobile, to limit the church. And... Uh, I was on my way to the office this morning, and as I came in, and I'm not being critical of anybody or or, uh, running anybody down, but uh, just on the way here, I know of uh, uh, for sure two large churches that have on their signs, campus closed, services suspended, all activities canceled, uh, you know, basically until further notice. And here's the thing, is, you know, ever what someone may think about the reasoning behind that, the church is closed. There's no word going forth. They're not joining together, according to Hebrews 10.25, that says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. They're not joining together. They're not able to exhort one another, edify one another, build one another up, provoke one another to love and good works. And I'm not, of course, I may mention this some in the message, but I'm not, not, this is not my focus right now anyway. But the point is, is that if the Lord said through Pastor Caldwell, March 18th, right here in this pulpit, He said, pastors, you have to be careful or you'll dumb your people down because you'll start thinking, well, you know, we did all right with live stream and you'll start making people think it's not that important that you come to church. 
hear me as clear as I can be heard. It is vital that you come to church. It is vital that you gather together as believers. Amen. If, if you don't want to be close to anybody, don't be close to anybody. We'll put you a chair in the corner or wherever we have to. But it is vital because Scripture says it's vital. And we've got believers now that are saying, when you say, hey, uh, uh, I haven't seen you in church. Are you going to come to church? Oh, we're waiting to be led. Uh, waiting to be led by the Spirit to do what the Word tells you to do? No. What you see in the Word, I don't have to be led to do. The Word is my leading. And the same person that will say, well, I'm waiting to be led by the Spirit to go back to church. Are they waiting to be led by the Spirit to go to Walmart or to go to the grocery store or to get their hair cut? No, because those are things that they feel like they need. And when you begin to do that, you're going to dumb your spirit down. So as I move on in the message, let me just reiterate, it is vital that you be in church. It is vital to your Christian walk. It's vital to your Christian health. So what has your attention? The Lord said to us uh, concerning 2020, he said it would be a year of decision. It would be a year when a stand would have to be made. And he said those who will stand for the word and for the principles in the word that they're going to find themselves at odds more and more with the world and the world system. And he said there will come, if you can imagine, an even greater divide between what is right and wrong as the world continues to give heed to lying spirits and doctrines of devils. And he said the decision to stand for truth and what is right is what will make all the difference. So you've got to make a decision You've got to take a stand, and he said you've got to stand on the word. The decision to stand for truth and what is right is what will make the difference. So what has your attention? 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, Paul says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. For what reason? Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And we talked at length last Wednesday about that word giving heed, that phrase giving heed. It means to bring near or to turn the mind to or to attach oneself to or to hold the mind towards. Notice, remember again, to bring near or to turn the mind to, to attach oneself to or hold the mind towards. So then giving heed is bringing something near to me, turning my mind to it. And notice what he said specifically, that these people that would depart from the faith would give heed or bring near to them. So what seducing spirits or doctrines of devils are saying. Now, the word that the Lord gave us said that's what the world will continually and and 
and more and more give themselves to. And he said that we were to avoid that. Amen. Giving heed to something is something that I willingly do because I have to bring it near. I have to hold my mind towards it. I have to turn my mind towards that. The Phillips translation says, they allow themselves to be spiritually seduced. The uh, New English Bible says, they give their minds to subversive doctrines inspired by devils. The Jerusalem Bible says they choose to listen to deceitful spirits. So again, we have these phrases, allow themselves, give their minds, or choose to listen. Hallelujah. Paul says these men would be deceived or that they would depart from the faith because they allowed, they gave their minds to, they chose to listen to the wrong teaching. That applies to everything that you're listening to. If I choose to give my mind to it, if I choose to listen to it, if I allow myself to be drawn into that, it can and it will affect my faith. Amen. It can and it will affect my faith. A very simple illustration of this is, 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 is this statement, this scenario. Either you believe that you can be affected with the same thing the world is affected with, or you don't. If you believe you can, you are listening to the wrong thing. If you believe that, that what is affecting the world can affect you in the same manner that it affects them, you are holding your mind towards the wrong thing. I taught last Wednesday that, that, that God said when the plagues were being poured out on Egypt, He said, I will, make a, I will sever between Goshen and Egypt. Amen. And he said, I will place a division. And that word division is a redemption. A blessing wall between Goshen and Egypt. And what comes on Egypt will not come on Goshen. They're in the same country. They're in the same vicinity. They're in the same neighborhood, if you will. Yet God says, where my people are, what comes on the world is not going to come on my people. Now, what are you, what has your attention? What's coming on the world or what God said? God said it will not come on you. And God did not say it will not come on you if you don't go to church. Or if you don't go out and you don't do anything. The, 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 the Israelites, when the plagues were being poured out on Egypt... They still had to take care of their livestock. They still had to go about their lives. They still had to eat. They still had to work. They still had to take care of business. And they did what they did. They went about their life. And what came on Egypt did not come on them. Either Psalm 91 is true, that a thousand will fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. 
Now, if that's right, and that's what you're giving your attention to, that is what will occur in your life. Paul says that when you get into trouble is when you start listening to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils that cause you to what? Depart from the faith. It'll cause you to think the wrong way. It'll, it'll cause you to start believing things that you never would have believed before. Am I helping you? Amen. So Paul said to be selective about what has your attention. Be selective about what you hold your mind towards. Amen. You know, I, I, think, I think about sometimes in the church, especially in our circles, there are people that they would not sit and listen to somebody uh, tell you, tell them that it is God's will for them to be sick. They'd turn that off and they would denounce it as negativity and false doctrine and wrong, but yet they will sit and watch the news every day. They'll look at every negative Facebook post that comes their way. They'll give ear to every conspiracy theory that crosses their desk. Amen. I've got to be selective about what has my attention. There are things that, that you should not give your attention to. Things I don't need to bring near to me. Things that I don't need to turn my mind to. If you want peace in your home as an example, then you don't allow any strife in your home. You don't allow strife-filled TV programs. You don't allow strife-filled conversations. You guard your home. I determined years ago, I'm going to have a fear-free home. I don't watch fear. I don't listen to fear. I don't entertain fear. I don't let it come in my life. There's no scary shows, scary movies, scary anything that comes into my life. Why? Because I have to be selective. I can't hold my mind towards something and expect it not to have my attention. I can't do it. If I'm giving it my attention, it's going to begin at some point to operate in my life. Oh, glory. If I have to turn my mind to a thing, it means I had to turn my mind from something else. See, there is no middle of the road where this is concerned. Either your attention is here or it's here. We talked last week about how James said, a man that tries to have divided attention is unstable, unreliable in everything he does or thinks. Something must have your attention. Notice over in Mark chapter 4. Truth should be what holds your attention. Truth should be what holds your attention. Mark chapter 4 and verse 20. This is a familiar passage of Scripture, especially in our circles. Uh, the parable of the sower. 
and, and we're aware of what it says, but notice this. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said unto them, as a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, not to be set on a candlestick, there is nothing hid which will not be manifest. Neither was anything kept secret, but it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. With what measure you measure, it will be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. The Amplified Bible says, Be careful. He said to them, Be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. Notice, the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will determine the measure that it comes back to you. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth will determine the level that the truth produces in your life. Now I'll say before we teach further on in this, the measure of thought and study you give to the negative, to the fear, to the problem, determines the level that it produces in your life. There are things that cannot produce in some believers' lives because they will not give themselves to it. And here's what I mean by that. There, there, there are people, believers, that are living and working and going through the same season that their fellow brothers and sisters are going through, yet it is not affecting them the way it's affecting their brother or sister. Because they're not giving their attention to it. Amen. I heard one man say something about a scandal one time that was going on. And somebody asked him, what do you think about this scandal that's going on? He said, I don't. I don't give it a moment's thought. And, and he made the statement. He said, it's not putting any money in my pocket. I'm focused on what's important. Amen. If we as the church are going to do what God wants us to do in the season that we're in, which is prepare for the harvest, prepare for the babies, build strong local churches, edify people, build people up, get them strong in the word. If we're going to do what God wants us to do, we've got to hold our attention towards the truth of what God said. I do not have time to give my attention for five minutes to things that are not producing fruit that I want in my life. If you don't want the fruit of fear, and you don't want the fruit of anxiety, and you don't want the fruit of, 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 of uneasiness, you've got to quit giving your attention to the thing that's producing that. Have to stop giving my attention to it. Amen. Well, you know, Pastor, I just want to be informed. Open up your Bible and get informed. Go to the Faith Builders Roku channel and get informed.
turn on Christian television, pull out your CDs, plug in your MP3, whatever you've got to do, and inform yourself with what God said. Everything that you see going on in the world today is going to come to an end. It's going to change. It's all going to be different before you know it. And what you will have left that hasn't changed is the Word of God. And if you have given your attention to all these changeable things, you're going to come out of this season worse off than you were when you went in. But when you give your attention to the truth and the stability in the truth, when the season's over, you'll be better off and you'll come out of it stronger because of what held your attention. Glory be to God. Amen. Amen. Now notice verse 20 again. And these are they which are sown on good ground. Notice the Amplified Bible says, it says some brought forth fruit, some 30 times as much, some 60 times as much, some 100 times as much. Amen. Now these are not rewards. These are not rewards. They are return on your investment. Where the word is concerned. Amen. I've heard people preach this way. Well, you know, there are 30-fold Christians and 60-fold Christians and 100-fold Christians. No. No, that, that leaves you to, to, to think that there are some people that can only produce 30-fold or only produce 60-fold or only, right? No. Everybody is capable of producing a 100-fold return it is dependent upon the amount of thought and attention you give it. Amen. It's not a reward. It's a return. If the return from the word is small, the investment of the word is small. I remember when I was setting up, Pastor Michelle and I uh, setting up our, our uh, investment retirement account. And I was talking to uh, my financial guy. And he was talking to me and he said, now when we take this money, he said, uh, uh, now this is elementary, but, but it bears telling. He said, there are, are different kinds of funds that I can invest them in. He said, there are low risk funds and high risk or uh, uh, medium risk funds and high risk funds. And he said the difference in them is the amount of return. Something that is low risk uh, is just that. There's low risk to it and it will produce, but it will not produce on the level of a medium risk or a high risk fund. He said, but the, the higher up you go in the risk, meaning you have the higher potential to lose more money. But notice, the return is much greater on the investment. If the return from the word is small, the investment of the word is small. A lot of believers only give enough thought and study to the word to produce 30-fold. 
some give enough to produce 60-fold, but then some, this is us, say out loud, this is me. Come on, say it again, this is me. Some give enough to receive a hundredfold. A hundredfold return. The highest return possible on the investment. Amen. But that's determined by what? What has your attention? That is determined by the level of attention that you give the Word of God. Amen. When a situation arises, whatever it may be in your life, you have to train yourself that the first thing that gets your attention, what did the Word say? What did the Word say? I remember when the Lord shared that with me uh, some years ago. Yeah, but what did the Word say? When somebody shared something with me that was going on, in, 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 in the world, and they said, well, they are saying this, and the Lord said, what the Spirit say? I've got to train myself to immediately think, what did the Word say about that? What does Scripture say? See, that has my attention. That has my focus. In Matthew chapter 13, and we're just going to bounce around between these different accounts of the parable of the sower. We'll be going to Luke 8 later. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then, notice that, then, then, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. So he, say, he uses this phrase. He says, not just when the word is sown. Very often people say, well, you know, when does Satan come after the word? And, and people will say, well, immediately. Well, yeah. But notice the defense against that understanding. Matthew says that he can take the word away if you don't understand it. Amen. How do I get to this place of understanding? By giving the proper amount of thought and attention to the word. See, what has your attention? There are believers that understand a lot about a lot of things. They understand what's going on in the world. They understand what's going on in the problems. They understand. They've given a lot of thought and attention to it. They can tell you what needs to be done and what you don't need to do. But in many cases, that same believer is being robbed from by the devil because they've not given the proper amount of thought and attention to the word and because of a lack of understanding, the word is easily taken from them. Amen. Th th think about scenarios in your life. Maybe when before, maybe you were even born again, and you didn't know the tr some of the truth that you know now. A, a, a very easy example is how people struggled financially. 
I, I remember one couple that came to the church in the, in the early days, as a matter of fact, when we had just started. And uh, when they came to the church, uh, he had a good job. I mean, she was working a good job. He told me there were weeks that he worked 99 hours back to back. We worked doubles every day of the week. Think about that. A double shift every day of the week, back to back. 16, 20 hours. Wow. Making good money and having to put his house note on a credit card. And then couldn't pay that credit card so you'd transfer the balance to another credit card. Yeah. Barely getting by, struggling, born again, love the Lord. Right? But was not giving the proper amount of thought and attention to what God wanted to do in his life and in their life. And so consequently, the devil was able to rob from them in the area of finances because they had no understanding about rights and privileges where that was concerned. Man, when they got a hold of that, the rights and privileges that they had, what Christ had bought for them, things began to turn around. Things begin to change. It wasn't so easy for the enemy to rob from them. Why? They had an understanding. That's what held their attention. Amen. So many give large amounts of time and attention to the fear and destruction in the news. They can tell you every bad report. They can tell you statistics. They can tell you trends. Hallelujah. And they receive a harvest in proportion to their investment. See, what holds your attention determines your harvest. I'm going to reap 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold of something. I can reap a 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold return from the Word of God. Or I can reap a 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold return on fear. It's up to me. Because I'm, I'm reaping a harvest. Folks, your attention is a seed. The time and thought you give to something is a seed. If you're giving your time and thought and attention to negativity and fear and death and destruction, if that's what you're giving your attention to, you're going to reap a harvest off of that. But on, in, in, on the flip side of that, the reciprocal is, if you're giving your thought and time and attention to the Word of God, you're going to reap a harvest off of that. It's up to you. What, what is holding your attention? What has your attention? And it can seem very elementary. But if you listen to people talk, you become aware of what has their attention. 
right? If you listen to people talk, you become aware of where their attention's at. I've talked to people in the past, talked to people recently, and it's, it's not just about the obvious things that are going on in the world, but, uh, you know, if, 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 if you just talk to somebody, uh, somebody that you don't even know, you're just passing, you go, well, how you doing? Well, considering everything that's going on, I guess I'm doing all right. What has their attention? Everything that's going on. Right? But you talk to somebody whose, whose attention is in the Word of God. Amen. And you say, hey, how's it going? Hey, praise God. Outstanding. Everything's going my way. And people will say, well, no, that, you know, that's a good faith statement. No, that's a statement born of attention and thought and study given to what the Word of God said. Amen. Do you see that? What has changed in the kingdom? Nothing. The kingdom is still unshaken. Remember the scripture we read last week? It says the man that has built his house on the rock, that the flood can come and, and, the, and the stream can beat against it, but it says it could not be shaken because it was founded on the rock. Amen. What holds your attention determines your harvest. Notice in Luke chapter 8. Let's get Luke's perspective on this. Amen. You are going to reap in life from what holds your attention. That's it. You're going to reap in life from what holds your attention. In Luke 8 and verse 13, it says, They on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while, notice this, which for a while, believe and in time of temptation fall away for a while they believe the amplified bible says they believe for a while and in time of trial and temptation fall away withdraw and stand aloof now notice all of those phrases withdraw and stand aloof I have to do that. I have to withdraw myself or stand aloof. You know, you've seen people stand aloof. They're, they're in the middle of, of, of a group of people, and they're on the outer edge. They're standing over there by themselves. They're, you know, they're not talking to anybody. They're, they're being real aloof. They're being real evasive. They did that. Do you see this? The Living Bible says they know the message is true. Watch this. And sort of believe for a while. The Phillips translation says they believe for a little while. The New English Bible says they are believers 
for a while. Now notice that. They believe for a while. They sort of believe for a while. They believe for a little while. But it says, in time of temptation, they fall away. The basic meaning of temptation is this one word, adversity. Adversity. Everybody say adversity. In time of adversity, they fall away. Now what changed? Nothing. Just they were under adversity. Pastor Michelle talks in, in the very first book that she wrote, Pressure, No Problem, talking about adversity and, and persecution, how that, that, those words describe pressure. Every day of your life, I, I just, I, we just got in my new book, Every Day is a Faith Day. And we talk about how every day you've got to get up and apply your faith to something. Why? You meet force with force. You meet pressure with pressure. Every day, every week, every month, something in some form is trying to put pressure on you, and the purpose of the pressure is to get you to move away from the Word. To get you to move out of, of a position of standing on the Word. Notice, he said in the book of Luke, they received the Word with joy and believed for a little while. Do you see that? They heard the word. They received it with joy. In other words, they shouted about it. Woo, glory to God. Yes, sir. I'm redeemed. I'm healed. I'm out of debt. My needs are met. Praise God. Plenty more to put in store. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Woo, glory. Changing my life. Pressure. Uh-oh. They shouted about it. And sort of believed it for a little while. Now, why is that so important? Because whatever you're facing right now is not the last thing you're ever going to face. Woohoo! What you're believing right now or what you're facing right now is not the last thing you're ever going to face. But here's the good news about that. What you believe right now and what you give your attention to and when you give your attention to the Word will always overcome the adversity now and it will overcome the adversity you'll face in a month or six months or a year or five years. What you're doing with the Word right now will always work the same way. Amen. Do, do you understand this? When you are working the Word in a situation of adversity, of pressure, and you stand on the Word and you overcome, well, 
when the next time of adversity shows up, it may be bigger and it may be stronger. You just take your stand on the Word like you did the last time and the Word will work the same way. But what do you have to do? Give your thought and attention to it, to the Word. The adversity got these people's attention. They gave heed. Remember giving heed? They turned their mind towards it. They gave their attention to it. And it caused them to what? Depart from what they believed. When it says they believed it for a little while, they had to quit believing it. And they quit believing it because they started believing something else. Hallelujah. What has your attention? My job is to make sure that it's the Word that keeps my attention. And I'm not talking about being flippant. I'm not talking about being uncaring. I mean, the Word has to have my attention. I do not have time. I don't have one minute of attention to give to something that's contrary to what the Word says. Not one minute. I've had people say, well, don't you want to be informed? I am informed. I am completely informed about what God said. Hallelujah. Think, think about this for a moment. Think about this for a moment. We, we talk about all of these men that were so strong and so powerful in the things of God. John Lake, Smith Wigglesworth, Brother Hagen, Charles Capps. Amen. All these wonderful men that are now in heaven. Have you, have you ever gave attention to and stopped and thought in adversity, how would Smith Wigglesworth have responded? How would Brother Hagen respond? How would Charles Capps respond? Did we see through their ministry and through their testimony that they obtained promises from God? Well, the Bible says that we are to be followers of them who through faith and patience obtained the promise. And to a man, every one of those men would say, you've got to give your attention to the Word. What does the Word of God say? Folks, you cannot be selective about when you give your attention to the Word. It's got to be all the time. It's got to be all the time. Notice Luke 8 and 18. Take heed therefore how you hear. Now the interesting thing here is when you read the account of this teaching on the parable of the sower in the three different accounts, Matthew 13, Mark 4, Luke 8. The only gospel that doesn't have it is John. And you read it in these three different accounts. Some are shorter. 
Some are longer, but the one verse that's almost exactly the same in every one of them is this verse right here. Take heed, therefore, Luke says, how you hear, the, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he has. It says, take heed how you hear. In other words, you can hear and receive, or you can hear and think you received. It determines on, it's determined by the level of thought and attention that I'm giving. The Revised Standard Version says, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. Even what he thinks he has will be taken away. Let me say this. If I don't give the proper time of thought and attention to the word, I can think that I possess something I do not. Because I, I, I know it's in the word. I know it's there. And, and usually when we talk about that, we're talking about promises. I know that the scripture promises that God will supply my need. I know the scripture promises that God will heal my body. I know the scripture promises that I'm the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, right? The first and not the last. I understand that. It's in there. It's, it's, it's in the scripture. But how much attention is a person giving to that? Because I've been doing this long enough to tell you that I've had people come to me and say, well, the word says, I know the word says this, but it's not happening. And it's easy to just say, well, you know, you're wrong. The word never lies. Why is it not happening? Investigate the amount of thought and attention they are giving to what the Word said. How long, people wonder sometimes, how long did it take me to really believe I can't fail? By the way, I can't. I can't fail. People say, how long did it take you to really believe that? I can't tell you amount of time. I just know I kept focusing on the scriptures that said, no weapon formed against me would prosper. And every tongue that would rise up against me in judgment, God would condemn it. We would condemn it. And I kept focusing on that until I got to the point where I understood that if you form a weapon against me, I'm not the one that's going to fail. Now, how many hours or how many days or how many weeks or how many years, I don't know. I know I stayed with it, and every time a challenge would come my way, I would go to Isaiah 54 and declare, no weapon formed against me will prosper. It won't prosper. 
And it got to the point where I just didn't know that. I didn't think I had it. I had it. And that's why the scripture says, even that which he thinks he has will be taken away. Even what he thinks he has. In Mark 4 and 21, it says, And he said to them, a, Is a candle bought to be put under a bush or under a bed, and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing which shall not be manifested, neither anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. Now, what this means is this. God's not hiding anything from us in the Word. This has been used in the context of sin. Ah, there's nothing hidden that won't come out. It's not what he's talking about. I mean, that is true, but that's not what he's referencing here. Remember, you can't take this verse out of its setting. And the setting, the context, is the word being sown. God's not hiding anything from anybody in the word. It's the level of thought and attention that you give to it. So there's nothing that will stay hidden to us if we're willing to give the proper amount of thought and study to it. Nothing. But I've got to dig. I've got to, I've got to work. I've got to focus. I've got to give it my attention. Now I know, again, this can, this can sound very elementary. But what is so important is that you understand to give the proper amount of thought and attention and study, I can't have a divided focus. Verse 25 says, For he that hath to him shall be given, and to him that hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he has. So in the context... He that has revelation. He that, listen, you know what is so important about revelation? Is every time you come to church, you're receiving revelation that will help you succeed. And if the place that you call your church is preaching and teaching, what you need to hear. You're going to be accountable for whether or not you heard it. Before God. Amen. I, I've told people for years, people will say, uh, Brother Hagin told a story. And he said, a guy came up to him and said, oh, Brother Hagin, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. And, you know, Brother, Brother Hagin was a pastor at the time. And he said, you know, I thought, well, what does he mean by that? Does he mean uh, he wouldn't want to be in my physical shoes or, or he wouldn't want to have my life or he wouldn't want to be married to my wife? Or what, what does he mean by that? And so he asked him, well, what do you mean by that? 
He said, uh, a pastor, a teacher. He said, you're going to be accountable, held accountable for everything you preach. And he said, I looked right back at him and said, well, don't you know you're going to be held accountable for everything I preach? He said, what? Me held accountable? He said, yes. He said, everything that I preach, every truth that I preach, and you're sitting in church and you're listening to it, or you're failing to listen to it, or you're avoiding it, he said, you're going to give an account for everything that I taught in this church. Now think about that. It's so important. In, in, this, in this day and age where people have a take it or leave it mindset, what is going forth in your local church, what's going forth over the pulpit in the local church, you're going to give an account for how much thought and study and attention you give to it. And he says, the person that has revelation, that has been giving thought and study, that he will receive more revelation. But he says, the, he that's giving little time or thought to the word, even what he has will be lost. The Amplified Bible says, it'll be taken by force. Hallelujah. It'll come and be taken from him. But if I'm giving the proper amount of thought and study and attention to the word, and I have that revelation, it cannot be taken from me. Because once I have a revelation, once I have an understanding of what I've been studying, it cannot be taken from me because it's not information, it's revelation. It's revelation. Amen. So the devil, verse 15 of Mark 4, notice it says, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. When they've heard, Satan comes immediately to take away the word from that was sown in their heart. The devil comes after the word first. Now why? Because if he can steal the word away from you, he can steal whatever he wants from you. And he tries to come and get it before you give any thought and attention and study to it. So it cannot become revelation to you. If the devil can steal the word from you, he can steal anything from you. Once he gets the word, he can get your health, he can get your finances, he can get your family, he can get your marriage. Here's one, he can get your life. Because he's got the word. The word is life. It's what scripture says. He can get your peace. He can get your joy. He can get your steadfastness. Amen. As a believer, don't think it's strange that people can have peace in the midst of adversity. I don't have peace because I stay at home, don't go anywhere. I have peace because the Word is my peace. Hallelujah. I don't have peace 
because I don't come in contact with any other people. I have peace that passes all understanding because my mind is stayed on the right thing. Hallelujah. The same word that creates can recreate when anything goes wrong. Whatever the word creates, it can recreate. Yeah, but I went through this challenge. That's all right. The word will recreate it. Meditate on the word until all carnal reasoning is removed. Meditate on the word until all carnal reasoning is removed. I'm not thinking like a carnal man. I'm not thinking like a fleshly man. I'm thinking like a Bible man. I'm thinking like a word man. Amen. Well, how do you know God's going to do such and such? Because I have a revelation born of thought and study and attention given to the Word, and it is impossible for it to be any other way. Amen. God was not kidding when He said, whatever the man who will meditate on the Word does will prosper. He wasn't kidding. That's the truth. I say that's the truth. And as you stay determined to stay in the Word, and you stay determined to show up at church, and you stay determined to get involved and make happen what God wants to happen in the world today, you'll see the blessings of God overrun you because you're keeping your focus on the Word of God. I, I want to remind you of something. I said this Sunday, and I'm going to say it again. And I say this to encourage you. This ministry this year is, to my knowledge, having the best year financially we've ever had. I was in staff meeting this morning, and uh, Brother Jim was in staff meeting with us, and he's involved in the financial aspects of the church, along with Pastor Michelle. And he said in our staff meeting, he said, I know it's the best year financially since I've been involved. And the finances are consistently good. So that means it's a number one. My wife was talking to me last night about the seed that we're going to sow into uh, Brother Ken and Miss Trudy Blunt when they come to do our marriage conference. And I got excited. Praise God. Praise God. Folks, it's all good in the household of faith. God is blessing what we're doing. God will bless you even more than you think is possible as you give the proper amount of thought and attention and study. People will say, is there a proper amount? There is a proper amount that you should be giving. There is. Well, Pastor, what, what is it? How many hours? How many what? It's not measured that way. The, 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 the measure of thought and attention you give is measured this way. 
you do it until it's revelation. And then you do it some more to build on that revelation. Amen. Hallelujah. So God's good to us.